Hello everybody, welcome back to The Gathering Podcast. We're going a bit more regularly at the moment and just making the most of the Advent season. So this is um, week two of Advent for you um, and the focus this time that I want to bring us to is peace. This week is peace and the peace that Jesus brings to us, gives us, affords us, empowers us with. So I'm actually going to switch things around today and we are going to start with the contemplative look at some Advent scriptures around peace to begin with. And much like we did at the end of the last episode, I'm going to give you 30 seconds just to to rest on these passages, just to, to take them in, to think and pray and um, be with the Lord as you hear them and, and just see what happens. See what happens with uh, the Lord's peace. Yeah, so before we do it, I, I bless you in the name of Jesus with the peace of heaven. I bless you with hope. I bless you with light, with expectation, with a greater measure of faith. And I pray for a close encounter with the Lord this Christmas season. And I pray that these passages will bring that to you wherever you're listening from, wherever you're up to right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I want to invite you just to, wherever you are, just stop your mind, slow yourself down. We, we trust that the Lord is faithful to show up and draw close to us when we, we ask him to us, his kids, his anointed chosen ones. Um, and this time it's for peace and stillness. So yeah, as you breathe in, just imagine your spirit and your soul breathing in Yahweh. And then as you breathe out, just responding, simply saying, your peace is with me. So in, inhale the love of Yahweh and breathe out. Thank you for your peace. Just do that a couple of times. Just center yourself on the Lord. You can be walking, driving, cooking, cleaning, um, working or just even sat there, wherever it is, this works. So let, yeah, just keep doing that for a, for a moment here. This is our first passage. Again, it's from Isaiah 9. The prophecy made all those years before Jesus came. Verses 6 and 7. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. So let's take 30 seconds just now to reflect on those words.
So now we're going to continue on to our psalm for the Advent week of peace. And I want you to focus in on the end of this psalm, but I'm actually going to read it all to you and then just let you rest again for 30 seconds. So this is Psalm 29, the voice of the Lord. Ascribe to Yahweh, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to Yahweh the glory due his name. Worship Yahweh in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is above the waters. The God of glory thunders, the Lord, above vast waters. The voice of the Lord in power, the voice of the Lord in splendor. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the woodlands bare. In his temple all cry, glory. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood. The Lord sits enthroned, king forever. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Okay, 30 seconds. And to finish our time of reflection up, we're going to end with the, the words of Jesus from John 14, where he talks about his gift of peace. So this is John 14, verses 25 to 27. I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, the Father will send him in my name. He will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Your heart must not be troubled or fearful. Okay, 30 seconds again. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. It's interesting to see from these passages that peace isn't something that we manufacture. It's not something that we create or something that we attain to, you know, it's a gift. It's a, it's a grace gift, right? From the Lord. It, it's part of our heritage, just as we expect the Holy Spirit to be with us, inside us, on us and working through us. Jesus likens his peace in the very same passage to 
to this, you know, it being a constant in our lives. And I think that alone is quite is quite a challenging um, and thought provoking statement to think through that we should be living in peace. And he gives not according to the world. The world demands payment. He gives freely, right? So as his children, as his beloved, we should have a higher expectation of living in peace. And maybe, you know, we were talking last week about the priestly and ruling, the royal priesthood, sorry, and how the royalty rule priesthood bless. So maybe if our lives or our, you know, our, our soul and our spirit, our minds aren't as peaceful, um, then we should be commanding blessing. Maybe if our households aren't peaceful or, you know, finances or workplaces or whatever, maybe we can step in with that authority that we've been given by God. And also the assurance that Jesus says, I give my peace through, freely to you, you know, it's, it's yours. You should live in expectation of walking in my peace day to day. Um, so that would be an interesting almost experiment to, to take with us wherever we are in our workplaces or in our day-to-day -day lives and just um, have a spiritual ear out for, is there peace here or is there something else going on? Can I bring peace? Can I bless this space? with peace in Jesus name. So yeah, interesting. See what you can do with that. See what happens and definitely let me know. I'd love to hear some stories about your pursuit of blessing in peace <laughs> in Glasgow and around wherever you you are right now. Um so that's that's us, right? That's our heritage of peace given to us by Jesus. I actually want to look at what that peace means as we step out into the world, as we walk as the hands and feet from you know the poem we we read out um last week of jesus the hands and feet the mouth the blessing the body of jesus what that looks like to take that peace with us and not just expect it for our own lives and our own personal sake but to see it as a a really tangible missional tool that we can utilize on a daily basis so to do that i'm actually i'm just going to jump into and read out even more Bible for you, because what can be better than reading the Bible together, right? Um, we're going to read Luke 10, and we're going to go from um, the start of Luke 10 up to verse 9, and including verse 9 as well. So here it is. Here's a word of the Lord for you. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others, and he sent them ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself was about to go. He told them, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Now go, and sending you out like lambs among wolves. Don't carry a money bag, traveling bag, or sandals. Don't greet anyone along the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this household. If a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they offer, for the worker is worthy of his wages. Don't be moving from house to house. And when you enter any town and they welcome you, eat the things set before you, heal the sick who are there, and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Interesting. So that's that's our kind of reflective passage that I'm going to conversationally jump through with you today because I find it absolutely fascinating. It's one of those 
passages in the Bible where people get the phrase um, a person of peace. And um, I don't know if you've heard that kind of coined in Christian lingo before, but the, here it is. There you go. If your peace rests on someone, a son of peace, a person of peace, you know, however it's translated in your Bible, there it is. So, yeah, let's dive into it. Well, I mean, the first thing that stands out to me here is that Jesus sends his followers, 70 or 72, depending on your translation, in pairs. And he went, he told them to go ahead of him where he was going to go. You see that partnership on mission, that partnership in being called to people who don't yet know Jesus to go and take the kingdom to them and how Jesus is, you know, sometimes he's ahead of us. Sometimes he sends us ahead. Um, but either way, he blesses us and anoints us and is kind of there with us, you know, well, fully there with us. Um, so it's a really interesting concept to see how trusting, how empowering and how releasing Jesus is. To, and he says, go. And, you know, their, their calling is incidental as whatever town you come to, then that's your place. See what people are there. And he, what does he say? declare to the household and we spoke about this last time household is not how we think of it in our context here in glasgow if not literally a house you know 12 whatever duke street it's in oikos a, a a place to belong a spiritual family a somewhere that people identify with that can go beyond the walls of a house it could be a a, a family related by blood or a, a workplace or it's probably honestly a mix of a bit of everything with servants and employees and work hands there as well as visitors and foreigners and family and tradesmen and you know all that kind of stuff um that's what we're, that's what you think of that and like essentially a network you know oikos a network for us spiritual family so jesus says to them whatever house you enter again incidental isn't it it's just you know just go and see where you get taken to see who's there see who opens the door to you Bless them. Bless them with peace. That's the first key for us here. Like we know, it's one of our mantras that you can't give away what you don't carry yourself. So my first kind of encouragement and challenge to you all is let's carry the peace of heaven. Let's walk in the Prince of Peace in the blessing that he gives us of peace so that we can uh, give it to other people. And here it hits, it's a really tangible experience that Jesus tells them to expect. You know, he says, bless them with peace. And if they receive your peace, if it rests on them, then stay with them. And it's really interesting here, isn't it, to, to comprehend that. There is some spiritual moment of connection that happens with people that we're on mission to here, where we can see whether the timing is right for us to engage with them to share life with them, to to be there with them, to eat with them and all of that. You know, um, Jesus here says it's peace. It's peace to look out for. What could that look like if we were to pull that apart a bit? I'm just trying to think from my own experience. I think it's people who are, who are loving and caring and open for a, a chat with you, aren't hostile necessarily. Although, to be honest, sometimes people that seem hostile on the front end actually are the open ones who are actively questioning and other people maybe seem placid but it's just because they're maybe apathetic and just not bothered and don't want to talk to you about this stuff or sharing your 
peace or your kingdom ethics or your story of of Jesus or whatever that is, you know. Um, so there's a transaction here of blessing. You go in, the first thing you do is you give away, you bless, you speak out blessing on the people that you feel called to or the people that are in your vicinity or the people that you've almost stumbled upon that don't yet know Jesus. You know, all of those things count. And you don't do it alone, you do it in partner with other um, believers. So you go and you bless. And you see what happens. You see if the blessing sticks. You see if that openness is there, that saltiness, that willingness to like, oh, yeah, let's talk, let's share life. I'm interested in who you are and what you're about and all of that. So it's, it's again, it's a, another encouragement to you not to own the result of those moments. That's God's, right? How they respond is up to God. Our, our bit to own is just simply being obedient and blessing people and seeing who who is more open. Imagine that, if a blessing being such a, a powerful missional tool to crack open some some networks and um, places where we exist. It was really interesting to think of. And also peace as well, blessing and peace together. And then, you know, often um, this passage can be seen as just a, a classic evangelistic passage get out there proclaim it on the streets on your soapbox tell everyone shout it high about jesus you know actually i don't think that's what this passage is saying there is a distinct order to what jesus is asking his followers and therefore us too to enter into here the first one is blessing and then let's look at it um remain in the same house it continues to say eat and drink with them don't move from house to house um stay with them stay with them there is a a slowness to this missional engagement which insinuates life on life sharing together being in the same vicinity eating that food you know that was a radical thing for jesus to say to these followers um you know many of them grown up in the the old covenant traditions of unclean and clean and and black and white when it comes to to eating and to food and jesus is just saying get on with it, share life with them, eat food with them, receive from them. And that's what I really like about this. There's a collaboration of community here. You know, so often we think of mission as invitational because that's been our paradigm, that's been our box for so many generations in the Western church. We invite people to stuff. That's how you get them close to Jesus. And Jesus is saying, no, we go to them. We become sacrifices of praise and worship for them on their on their behalf for their sake you know you go into their home and yeah you know it's okay to eat meal they're allowed into our homes too there's no like hard and fast really he's not saying that they can't do that but in this instance when they're going to new places whereas you know we live here so if you have a space where you can invite people into where you can share life with them live out these same philosophies that Jesus is talking about, eating food, sharing community, being vulnerable and open with one another in your own home. That's amazing. But even better if you can do that in their home. Because what's lovely about that is it's pulling on the what we were talking about last week, Emmanuel, God drawing close to us, God with us, God wanting to be around us, God seeing worth in who we are and what our lives are and our families and our homes and everything and that's what you do if you you do go into those spaces we're not the answer bringers the you know hey we're here the white saviors to sort you out and fix you up and everything no we're here to share life with these people 
And I think Jesus knows what he's doing as well. He knows that if you can empower them in their own household, if they encounter and meet Jesus and give their lives to him and become his followers in that space, then it's just natural that they'll own that space and that they'll multiply that and take it on to another space and another people group, another network or whatever it is, you know. It's getting church outside the walls. And in this case for us, you know, we don't have a tangible church building, but it's the walls of maybe our own paradigm and our own thought processes of of what mission is and how we operate as micro churches and as a network, you know. So, yeah, the order here. Find the people that are in front of you. Bless them in Jesus' name. Discern with the Holy Spirit. Lord, is this person open? Is your peace on them? Or do I move on? Is the timing not right with that person right now? Is there someone else that you're working with that I can partner with you, Jesus, right now? Then the next one is share life, eat, receive, give hospitality, be together with that person. I love that kind of implication of just being together, belonging before they believe. That's the power of the gospel, right? That's what Jesus says. You are allowed to be here because I love you. You're allowed to figure things out and to have questions and doubts and concerns and mystery and not know everything and still be close to him. You don't have to have everything worked out. It's beautiful. And then look what comes next. It's the supernatural ministry of the Holy Spirit after that. Um, let me find it. Yeah, welcome. When you enter any town and they welcome you, eat the things set before you. And then verse nine, heal the sick who are there. Heal the sick. There's that... Um, powerful ministry of the Holy Spirit that I think Jesus exemplified. I looked through all of the Gospels actually not long back. I made note of every time that Jesus healed, there's 44 different occurrences. And that doesn't take into account, you know, the end of John, is it? Uh, chapter 21, verse 25, that says like, this is literally just tip of the iceberg with Jesus. If we were to write about everything he'd done, we won't, there wouldn't be enough books in all of the world um, to cover just what he's done and I think it's something around 60% of the narrative of the gospels is centered around healing it was huge in Jesus's ministry it was a natural response of him to show the compassion and the love of Jesus and there's no better apologetic for God than God showing up right so having and growing and cultivating an expectation for God to show up when we're in these missional moments connecting with people that don't yet know Jesus to show up and want to heal them because he is a healer Yahweh Rapha you know the God who heals it's in his nature it's part of his name it's like he's looking for those opportunities and we as his hands and feet we just need to be obedient and give him opportunity to move through us and just take those risks you know may I pray for you hey I see that you're struggling with this oh that's really bad can I tell you a story of this time that the Lord healed me what do you think would would you be up for me praying for you right now? There's no pressure on you at all. Just can I bless you because I know God loves you so much and I know that he loves to heal people physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, in every way. So having that expectation as his followers out on mission in the world, I think would be a game changer. Um, because like I said, if God shows up, they know God exists. And not only that, they know he loves them and that he's real and that he's for them and that he's their savior. And then what's last, here's the order. Then he says, tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. So we don't bait and switch people. We don't look at not saying a word. We are open about who we are. 
we're open with our stories about Jesus, but stories is different from proclaiming the kingdom of heaven is near. They are a signpost to that. They are a signpost to salvation. Stories show people that there is hope in God. They they show they they let people partner with our own faith levels and our own expectation levels for who God is and how much he loves them and stories open the doorway for moments like this so we go in and we we have spiritual conversations we have salty conversations we tell them about Jesus and that he's the most important thing in our lives so you know we're Jesus followers that we feel like we want to connect with people because he wants to connect with people and we love people and he loves people and he freely gives away his love just as we do too and you know so all these conversations are happening by and by as you eat meals together you share life together you do walks whatever that is however long that takes there isn't a time period on this but I do get a sense that there is a sense of not rushing but honoring and showing this person or people or people group or whatever the oikos of the spiritual family is worth by giving them your time and your attention and then at some point all of these things what they do is they form a lens of love that people will hear the truth of the gospel and be convicted by the Holy Spirit. Conviction is different to condemnation because condemnation is to do with judgment and punishment, whereas conviction is to do with drawing close to God. Conviction is a positive, proactive thing. It's when God draws close to you and says, I can help you. I can take these burdens off you. and My burden is, is light and easy. Let me replace this. Let me forgive you. Let me transform you. Let me take these sins, scars, mistakes, um, and regrets away from you right now and give you a new hope, a new birth, and a new life. You know, that's conviction. So in the frame of love, we tell people about the kingdom of heaven and that it has drawn near to them because of Jesus' great love for them and for what he did on the cross by dying and rising again for them. And I think that's the... The, the order that we see here that Jesus blesses and sends his disciples out with, his followers out with here. So I want you to just maybe think about that for yourself. Maybe there's some people or a household or a workplace, you know, a group that you're connecting with. Can you be more intentional there with them? Could you, having centered yourself in the love and the peace of Jesus, go into that place looking to bless someone? And a blessing, you know, five words. Hey, man, I bless you in Jesus' name with peace. Hey, what's going on? You had a rough week? Well, I, I just bless you with a bit of rest this weekend. No anxiety, but joy and peace in Jesus' name. You know, something as simple as that. And just see what happens. See if that opens the door. Let's um, utilize the power of blessing and walk forward. Maybe, yeah, so you could think of that individually. But then let's not forget that Jesus sends us out not alone, but as his body together everything we do is designed to be together i hope you, that was understood last week as well and this kind of compounds that truth doesn't it um exemplifies that truth that go and discuss this with your micro churches go and think about it think about the implications write down some names and people or places that you can be praying for centering peace together that's a legit really important thing that you can do because we need to carry what we're going to give away and then go after these people, go bless them, take a risk for them, you know, because we carry the riches of heaven and it's incumbent on us to go and multiply that, to go and give that away. So 
yeah, I bless you in Jesus' name to be risk takers who are ready to bless where the world curses, are ready to be light where there, where there is darkness, are who are ready to, to bring hope and healing where there is pain and brokenness and hopelessness. Yeah, I bless you all and I bless, I, I bless you on microchurches that the Lord will expand your your territory, your vision, your hope, your expectations for him to move as you partner with him in mission. Okay, guys, catch you all next week. Bye.